I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. HD you are listening to a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello, everyone. This is Aresh Shirali from Mint, and I'm here to introduce you to our latest podcast, Mint Views Daily Dispatch. I have with me my colleagues Anant Vijay Kala, Srija Kundu, Srijay Sinha, and Rohit Ranjan. The idea is to offer you insights on the latest issues that catch our attention every day. Welcome to Mint Views. Today we are going to take up one of the most contentious issues of Indian politics, the Citizenship Amendment Bill, CAB. Is it unconstitutional? That's a big question we have for debate today. The Citizenship Amendment Bill actually uses names of religions to define who shall and who shall not be eligible for Indian citizenship. Is this bill therefore in violation of the secular constitution of India? There is Article 14, which guarantees equality before the law. There is also Article 15, which is about discrimination shall not be permitted on any ground, not on religion, not on any kind of other identity parameters. Is this bill therefore in violation of the constitution? That's a big question we have today to debate. And uh, Srija, can you tell us what you think about this? So, as you have already mentioned, Arish, the premise of this bill is to differentiate people uh, in, in terms of religion, whether they would be granted access to India if you're of a certain religion. So, as you see, the proposal actually, you know, allows um, uh, people to come to India uh, from neighboring countries if you're a Hindu or, you know, if you're a non-Muslim, essentially. So, this bill doesn't cover all those people who have been persecuted. They have been multiple persecuted communities, the Rohingya being a prime example. So, the bill definitely doesn't allow them to have a chance to settle in India. So, this tells you that um, the bill itself is like a, you know, it's like a sore thumb. It sticks out like a sore thumb because it kind of runs contrary to what our um, or to what the values and principles uh, of our constitution stands for. Mm -hmm. It seems to have kind of complicated everything by bringing religion into it. If we say we want to protect persecuted minorities across the subcontinent, invite them to come settle in India, that's a different matter. But here we are particularly excluding one religious group, which uh, is something maybe that needs a close look at. Uh, what do you think, Srijay? As far as uh, CAB's constitutionality is concerned, I think that will be decided by the courts. But prima facie, yeah, it seems to violate Article 14, which is which which promises equality before India's law. Article 15 is not actually available to uh, non-citizens. Uh, to that extent, it would seem that that the CAB runs uh, counter to India's. Uh, 
secular traditions we remember if you remember that uh, in 1959 we we uh, allowed uh, the buddhists from from tibet who were persecuted by china to take shelter in india so to that extent uh, india should allow all kinds of persecuted people not not just uh, non muslims to take shelter to take refuge in india and uh, allowing only non muslims is i would say uh, runs counter to india's secular traditions mm-hmm. anand is there a view on this yeah i think i tend to disagree on this because mm-hmm. i think this is uh, this is not a case of where the citizens of the country are being uh, not allowed to practice the freedom of their religion of choice that is not the case everyone everyone in india is free to practice whichever religion they profess to and this is only a one time uh, you know policy towards uh, refugees or people seeking shelter in the country and we must distinguish between these two category of people the people who are trying to get into the country seek shelter here cannot be treated at par with the citizens of the country so in that sense i don't think cab should be seen as a violation of the constitutional principle of secularism as many people are saying that this is not a secular document it is against our secular traditions i don't think so you have to understand that there are several countries where uh, people of such religion are in dominance and the country the state itself professes to uh, having the religions as part of the constitution so there are many countries where they can seek shelter this is not about our citizens this is about people who don't have anywhere else okay. to go okay so the basic point you're making is that the bill does not address citizens and therefore does not need to adhere to article 14 and article 15 but the is- issue still is that if we actually have a law in india which uh, assumes the persecution suffered by certain people by religious category in other countries we are actually commenting on the state of affairs outside of india so it builds a foreign policy kind of element into it not just that we actually use religious terms in a law now that itself should not be a problem as far as you think absolutely i mean the constitutionally constitutionality of this uh, law would be decided as sri jay said by the courts they have to take the final call whether it is in consonance with what our constitution says or not but i think we tend to drown every argument uh, or every issue of national interest in in the too many provisions that we have in our constitution and you know try to uh, smother all debates on these just by citing constitutionalities well as it turns out there's also a context and that context is the national registry of citizenship where everyone is being asked to actually produce documents to establish their citizenship taken in conjunction these two laws it might turn out that the only people who have to actually the burden is of proof is on people so the only people who might actually have to prove that they are indeed indian citizens could be people of a single community if you take these two laws together now they may be separate laws but in effect it basically means that are we looking at classifying citizenship for the first time in indian history modern indian history post independence by religion that's the whole issue that we have today the courts will have to look into this they will have to look very carefully at both these laws or perhaps citizenship amendment law in particular because that actually specifies people's religious belief as a basis for indian policy on immigration thank you that will be all for today 
Tune in tomorrow to get your dose on Mint's editorial discussions. If you have recommendations or any issue that you would like us to discuss, please send in your suggestions to podcasts at hindustantimes.com. For more on Mint views, you can follow us on Twitter at Shrija Kundu. This was a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.